This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, we touched on this a little earlier in the program. Some of the questions now being asked about the marijuana legislation, the legalizing of recreational marijuana. One of those questions, packaging, what it can look like. It will not be allowed to be packaged in a way that could be construed as appealing to young people. It can't include testimonials or endorsements or to depict a person, character or animal. And those are just some of the questions that people are asking. And joining us to talk a little bit more about this is Tony Wilson, an associate counsel at Boughton Law. Tony, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, what sticks out for you as as far as now we've had some time to digest what was announced from the federal government as far as legalizing uh, recreational marijuana? What sticks out for you as far as questions on how this will actually happen? Well, it's not so much the packaging and labeling, because I, I really can't see them having marijuana ads on television like beer ads. Uh, I really just don't see that happening. I think the most interesting thing was I was watching the news conference when they three cabinet ministers and Bill Blair were announcing the legislation, and someone um, stood up and said, okay, well, how are you going to tax that? Are you going to GST on it? Everyone looked at each other and said, well, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I, I think they do know. But but the, the big issue now is it's going to be taken somewhat out of the criminal sphere, and they're going to leave it to the provinces to make the decision on distribution. And how interesting that that is happening during a provincial election in BC, and we're seeing, you know, different positions with the different candidates in BC with respect to how this is to be done. Is it to be done in liquor stores? Is it to be done in mom pop uh, uh, mom pop uh, shops? Is it going to be done uh, by way of uh, drugstores? Um, and it's going to be interesting in BC to see how this unfolds and and what the candidates say and, and and what happens and how it's going to be taxed. I think that's the big issue. And especially for a city like Vancouver that already has regulations when it comes to dispensaries, how will that play into it? Well, that's a $64,000 question in a way because, you know, there's no doubt that the dispensaries are operating contrary to criminal law. Uh, it's fine for the city of Vancouver to say, well, you have the right to regulate where these businesses go and 300 meters from a school and all that sort of stuff. But but I, I think you're not going to find too many lawyers that would say that the uh, uh, legislation the, the the city of Vancouver passed a year and a half or two years ago is uh, is is um, constitutional because I think only the federal government can legislate on criminal law and that's in fact what the what the what the city of Vancouver was doing. Now they did that for political purposes. We had so many of these dispensaries uh, on every street corner, I should say. They had to do something for, uh, dare I say, political purposes. And it did uh, uh, cool the market a bit. So in answer to your question, do licenses go for sale to the existing dispensaries? Do they go to in, in some other uh, licensing regime, or do they go to the liquor stores? And that, that seems to be the debate I've been watching today. Uh, some of the candidates say no liquor stores. Some of the candidates say yeah, mom and pa and the dispensaries. I think the dispensary owners are kind of, holding their collective breath and, uh, you know, maybe they're talking to people that are running for election and, and saying that they're the best people suited for it. 
because and, and you're right, it did uh, the regulations, uh, the policies that were brought in uh, in Vancouver, uh, they did change things a bit. But we're still dealing with a situation where some of the dispensaries have licenses. Others just keep getting tickets every week and either paying the fines or challenging the fines. So it's not as though it really uh, made everything make sense. There's still a lot uh, that needs to be worked out even with that. Well, I think that's hilarious because it's the um, the dispensary owners who have paid the $30,000 licensing fee that are putting pressure on uh, Vancouver to penalize the ones that haven't paid the $30,000 licensing fee. And I'll tell you, if I was one of the... Uh, uh, those that hadn't paid the thirty thousand dollars, I'm still operating. My first argument would be that the the the, uh, the city bylaw is ultra violent. That is to say, they can't even enact the bylaw. So how can they enact the penalty? I mean, that's going to play out a little differently. I think the the key thing here is federal government has been pretty clear that we want to get marijuana out of the hands of organized crime. Let's make some money off of it. Let's control the distribution. Let's tax it. Um, let's take that tax revenue and throw it back into health and other social services. And I don't really have a problem with that because, you know, the so-called war drugs, at least with respect to marijuana, failed. And I'll tell you, you know, you go to the Royal Columbian Hospital on a Friday and a Saturday night, there's nobody suffering from marijuana overdoses, but there's a lot of people in there, probably between 14 and 18, that discovered their parents' liquor cabinet and are there because they consume too much alcohol. I think alcohol is a far, far more dangerous product. So it moves to... Um, uh, legislate and regulate the, the marijuana industry. I, I fully support. We'll just have to see the the devil will be in the detail here. Uh, and you mentioned pricing as well, and that's been one of the the arguments or one of the questions I've seen about this. Is if the the goal truly is to get this out of the criminal market, then it is going to depend, and it is going to matter what the pricing is like. Because if the pricing is too high, that's it's going to it's not going to to have that effect. Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you might re- remember that there were, uh, in a First Nations Reserve, and I think the Quebec border with the states, they were manufacturing cigarettes, and they were selling cigarettes, and it was a, a, a huge boon in cigarette sales of these illegal cigarettes because the provincial government in Ontario and Quebec raised the cost of tobacco, so it made more sense to buy the, uh, the, uh, the tobacco products from the First Nation. So that, that, you're absolutely right. It's got to be at a, a level where... Um, uh, it makes more sense to uh, buy it from a, a, a local distributor or store or whatever than than um, getting it off of the street. And, of course, people, I think, will have the ability to grow a plant, although people say a three-foot plant is a bit ludicrous when these things grow six inches in two days. So. Well, and who's going to be enforcing that? Are we really now going to be spending money on enforcement officers who are going to go house-to-house with, with yardsticks measuring plants? I think the way we have to look at it is... How have the police enforced the current marijuana laws in the last, I'm going to say, three years? I mean, the only uh, dispensaries that they've uh, closed down are the ones where they're selling to minors or the ones where they're selling animals. Um, every, all the other dispensaries, they're just let, let, uh, uh, let exist because their attitude is, we've got bigger fish to fry in Vancouver than that. So my view is the police are going to have a lot bigger fish to fry than measuring the size of plants. I also think that... Um, you know, the bill's just been introduced, but there'll probably be some give and take with respect to that issue. And is it three feet, three feet or four feet or whatnot? You know, I think some of that, those details will come out in the wash. Courts also are going to get involved. And our court's going to be looking at, you know, why are you bringing this to me, the judge, 
when it's a four-foot plant instead of a three-foot plant. I mean, well, why are you wasting the court's time? I tend to think that's what's going to happen as well. <laughs> and the issue of edibles hasn't been dealt with. Do you think that's a problem? Well, I think what they said was is that um, they will be dealing with that later, the so-called gummy nummies. Um, I, I, I think they wanted to get this out the door first, um, get this in the legislative track, get the uh, bill uh, to Parliament, and then discuss the bill. And, and it may well be that in committee stage they deal with edibles. Edibles is a tricky thing because, of course, it involves uh, ingestion of product, not not like cigarettes through smoke, but there's, there's health issues and standards and whatnot with respect to edibles. I think, you know, baby steps today, uh, edibles tomorrow. <laughs> and and one other thing I wanted to touch on uh, before I let you go, uh, because this has also been raised as an issue, is the idea of impairment and driving and making sure if suddenly uh, this is out there and people are smoking it or ingesting it, uh, how do we then make sure people aren't getting behind the wheel? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge issue. And I think the, I know, in fact, that the federal government is uh, attempting to overhaul the impaired driving provisions of the criminal code. Uh, as part of this uh, legalization of marijuana. My understanding is that the saliva test isn't quite as reliable as breathalyzer evidence, and even breathalyzer evidence could be challenged. So um, it, it may well be that we need a, a, a technology uh, to be able to be certain that someone isn't driving under the influence of THC. Right now, I think what we're left with is a police officer's evidence was this person impaired or were they not impaired? And I think it's quite subjective. But you're right. I think that's fundamental issues. We don't want people driving while stoned. <laughs> Lots of questions uh, still out there. Tony Wilson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. All right. That uh, is Tony Wilson, Associate Counsel at uh, Boughton Law. Uh, what are your thoughts on what you've heard so far on the legislation that was introduced? What might happen now? What would you like to see? Give the buzz line a call and let me know. 604-331-BUZZ. That is 604-331-2899. You can leave a voicemail message there or you can text the buzz line if you would rather get your point across that way. And I'll share some of those comments in the final half hour of the program. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.